Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Find Me in a Book podcast. I'm your host, Tav. Let's uh, let's do some updates on some books that I am about to read. Honestly, I haven't read very much lately. Um, I have been very busy with work, very busy with life, and I've just basically read the books that are going to be on the podcast. So it's all been Colleen Hoover, which she's pretty heavy. So it's a uh, it's been. A wild ride this past month. We have read all Colleen Hoover books. Well, not all of her books, obviously, um, but like an array of her books, mostly the most popular. <laughs> but they happen during different years. Like they're spread throughout the years, like from 2014 to 2022. Like it's just you see all spans of her writing, and it's been very interesting. And speaking of like new books, which I didn't really say a new book. I just needed a segue. So Allie Hazelwood just came out with a new book. Uh, She is the one that did like the love hypothesis and like those books that we've kind of talked about before. And I just, I really enjoy her writing because the female character is just so smart. Like Um, Not that, I don't know, you guys know, we've talked about this before, is that in other books, like, the female character is just kind of, like, there, and she's kind of just, just like your run-of-the-mill girl, I guess, like, normal, I don't like using the word, word normal, but... In Allie Hazelwood's, like, these women are, like, scientists very high up in their fields, and they have these great careers, and it's so inspiring. Like, it just, I I really like how she uh, portrays her female characters. So, I will read, like, any of her books, basically. So, I downloaded that one, and then Megan Quinn just came out with one. She is hilarious. I love most of the books, I mean, I've read a couple of her books and each one that I have read are funny. Like they're really funny. So she like specializes in like romantic comedies. So she just came out with a book that I'm excited to read and then Leia Stone. So she just released the second book of the Wolfed series, which I can't remember when I talked about this first one. Um, it was probably a couple episodes, but I was hooked. I was hooked from the very beginning of that book, like I'm, I can't even like emphasize that enough. And I loved it. And I read it so fast. And I thought that it had a second book, which, okay, at this point in the podcast, you're like, Tav, come on, like you do this all the time. Like you think that there's like a second book. So you read a book and then find out that it's not released yet. Yes, you're right. You are right. I do that very often, but I'm just so excited to read things that I don't realize that, hey, the second or third book has not been released yet. So I now give you permission to read this series because the first book was so good. So I downloaded the second book and yeah, it is literally the biggest cliffhanger ever. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of like makes you mad because... You're like, um, hello, this isn't ending how I thought it would. So very, very excited to read that. But it is Monday, so I honestly don't know when I'll have time this week to read. I'm definitely going to try like after work, of course. 
But I am also looking forward to the weekend, which I always do every week, uh, just because it's the weekend. But then I'll have time to actually read. And maybe one of these books uh, will be next week's episode, which mm, maybe I could do Wolfed. I haven't done a fantasy book in a while because we've been on like Colleen Hoover. So maybe I'll do like the Wolfed series because I've been talking about it like so highly. But anyways, let's get into the episode today. We are on episode 42. It is the last book of Colleen Hoover this month, and it's a doozy. It is the book It Ends With Us, and this is a pretty popular book. Uh, It is very highly ranked, and the reviews, like so many reviews, um, I think um, that might have been a different book, but I was looking at like 25, or sorry, 15,000 reviews. I'm sure there's more, but it's just a lot. And the second book to this series, which we didn't really know it was a series until earlier this year that it was like revealed, um, but the book after this, continuing the story, comes out on October 18th. So we have uh, over a month and a half until the book comes out. So this is a good refresher for you if you've already read it. And also, this is a good introduction if you have not read it. I would recommend it, like Mother, Sister, Standard, I would recommend it to both of them. There is spice in this book. Uh, Depends on the situation, but like a two, three, yeah, like a three. But also, I just want you to know that this is the heaviest book that I have read ever. Uh, ever? Uh, it's up there, uh, especially with Colleen Hoover. Uh, you will cry. Like, I, I sobbed in this book. Um, you'll be angry. There's also a trigger warning about domestic abuse and rape and some heavy subjects. So if you're not wanting to hear about those type of things, I'm not actually going to talk about them at all. Um, it, I'm basically going to do generalizing um, and keep it very broad. So I'm not going to talk about any of like the situations like that, like in detail, but just know going in, if you're going to read it, that there are situations like this. Uh, So this book, as we know with Colleen Hoover, there's always like the two point of views, whether it's in like the past or future, Uh, not really future, but like the two different. So with this one, it has Lily, who she's the female character And it's like her present view. And then it goes into her journal entries when she was about 15 years old. And uh, Lily is located in Boston now, but she's from a a small town in Maine. And so it opens up that she is on this rooftop and she's just kind of like sitting on the ledge. She just got back from her hometown. Her dad actually had died. She came from his funeral and she hated her dad like just hated him. He was actually the mayor of the town. And uh, at the funeral, her mom asked her to say five great things about her dad. So she gets up there and says, you know what, I'm supposed to say these five good things. Like I'm just, I'm going to get started. And then she's silent and that's it. And she walks down and her mom thinks that she freezes, but she didn't. She literally doesn't have five good things about her dad that she liked. Um, because he was abusive. He was abusive to her mom, like physically abusive, mentally, emotionally, all of the above. But no one knew. Everyone thought that he was this like great mayor 
and just no one knew. So Lily knew, of course. Um, but this rooftop that she's on is not actually like her building. Uh, she just looked it up as like the closest building to her building that actually had a rooftop so she could like get some fresh air. So this guy comes out and he like kicks the chair. You can tell that he's angry. Um, and he looks over and he's like, Hey, uh, it basically tells her that he doesn't really, he doesn't like her sitting on the ledge. Um, and she's like, I'm, I'm not suicidal like I'm just like I'm just sitting here and he's like uh I would still like you to not uh be close to the edge and so they introduce each other they they talk I mean they have good conversations his name is Ryle uh I pronounce it Ryle I think some people might pronounce it Riley it's R-Y-L-E um I'm just gonna say Ryle he is doing his residency um he is going into neurosurgery and the more they have these conversations, um, they start to, I think she coined the phrase of naked truths, where if you ask someone for a naked truth, you have to tell them the absolute truth right then. And that will come into play like throughout the whole book. They'll ask each other for naked truths. Um, and then, of course, like with Colleen Hoover, there's great quotes. Like she just spits truth a lot. And so the one quote that I did like in this book, um, it says, there's no such thing as bad people. We're all just people who sometimes do bad things. I want you to think on that because I think that is actually very interesting. So she starts asking him about why he's on the roof and why he was angry. He like kicked the chair. She just wants to know. And, and he says like he actually had watched a little boy die that night. Um, the little boy's brother found a gun and they were playing with it and the little boy accidentally shot his brother. Um, so they're, they're telling each other about more of their lives or these, these truths. Um, and she tells him about her first love. His name was Atlas and he was actually a homeless boy. Um, and he was kind of like house or not house sitting, but squatting um, in the house next door that was condemned uh, and she would take him food and clothes and help him and everything. So the next day, she is talking to her mom about the funeral. And her mom thinks that she froze up. And she's going through the last of her things that she picked up from her mom's house. And she finds her diaries, which each diary entry was addressed to Ellen, like Ellen DeGeneres. Um, she started them. She had a, it sounded like she had a lot of journals, but it wasn't until she was 15 that she started like her Ellen diaries. Uh, she would come home every day. Her parents would still be at work and she would watch Ellen every day. Like she watched the very first episode of Ellen all the way until she like left basically. So it jumps into this diary and it just explains more about the situation with the homeless boy. Um, the house next door to them had been empty for two years and she one day saw this guy sneaking in after school. He had gotten off the bus with her um, and she knew who he was. His name was Atlas Corrigan and he was a senior. So she kind of like watched him for a couple of days, like going to this house. He didn't think anyone was watching. And so she she noticed he didn't change his clothes. He was kind of like looking grungy. So she made him food, like would drop it off at the door so that he could eat. And um, the next day he thanked her and they start talking a little bit more. 
Um, and then as the days go by, she starts to offer like, hey, my parents don't get home until six or seven each night. Like you have enough time. You can come over and shower if you want to. You can wash your clothes. That's what they would do. He would come over after school. He would eat. He would shower. Um, and then before her parents left, uh, he would go back to the other house. So then it's about three months later since she met Ryle. This is like back to present tense now. So it's been about three months. So she's looking at different storefronts for her flower shop. Um, she loves flowers. That's what she went to college for. Um, and it's actually funny, like her name is Lily and her last name is actually Bloom, which, uh, I mean, wh whatever, I guess, like her parents really did that. But yeah, she loves flowers and that's what she de decided to do. So while she was looking at the shop that she had just bought, um, a girl, well, not really a girl. She's like, I don't know, 20s, 30s, like, you know, young woman uh, showed up and introduces herself as Alyssa and says like, hey, I'm here to apply for the job. And Lily's like, what? Like, uh, I guess there had been like an old help wanted sign. And Alyssa was like, yeah, I mean, I'll work for free, like whatever you need. I don't really need the job. I'm just bored. Um, and we find out like her husband is like super rich, like a tech guy. And so they're like freaking loaded. So a couple days later, her and Alyssa are working through the shop, getting things ready. Lily was like perched up to try and like reach and she rolled her ankle. So she like almost fell, but then she fell into the arms of someone and it was Ryle. And come to find out, he is Alyssa's brother. They kind of do like a, oh, hey, like we saw each other three months ago, like, uh, hi, kind of awkwardness. But then he basically tells her, like, I haven't been able to stop thinking about you. And they're both like, oh, because he really wanted like a one night stand. And she was like, nope, I don't do that. I do relationships. Uh, so later in that week, she actually gets a knock on her door and it's Ryle. And he's like, I've been knocking on every single door in this building. Like, I knew your building, but not the number. And he said that he just couldn't get her out of his head. And so he literally went to every single apartment till he got to hers. Um, and so a couple weeks down the road, he's still like, I don't know why I'm obsessed with you. Like, I can't stop thinking about you. And finally, he's like, come on. Like, he tries to convince her to sleep together. And so... Finally, she is like, okay, like we'll sleep together. She goes to take a shower to get ready. She comes out and he is actually asleep because um, he was just on call at the hospital. So she lets him sleep. And the next morning he apologizes. He's like, I'm so sorry. Um, but he tells her again, like he doesn't want a relationship. And she's like, well, I don't do one night stands. And he's like, you know what? No, I can't get you out of my head. I want to prove to you that I want this, like, let's do a trial run, like no commitments, like let's, let's pretend that we're dating. Like I, I want to try this out. And so she's like, okay, like I don't really want to get my feelings involved, but I just, I really like this guy. So it goes back to the diary. So there is actually an incident uh, where her dad usually parks in the garage and her mom parks in the driveway, but her mom had groceries and so she had parked in the garage to be closer to get the groceries. And her dad had come home and he got really angry at her, at the mom. Lily could hear them yelling at each other. So she goes out and she sees that her dad is like, 
beating her mom, basically. And so she tries to, like, jump in, and he knocks her down, and um, she actually, like, hits her head. Um, There's, like, blood, and he gets frustrated, and he leaves. And so her mom is, like, with her, taking care of her, takes her to the hospital, and she has, like, a bruised eye, basically. And the next morning, uh, she gets on the bus, and Atlas sees, like, that, she's hurt and he's like what happened and she's like oh you know it's okay like I just fell and uh he rolls up his sleeve and he you can see like burn marks from cigarettes and he's like yeah I I used to fall a lot too um and he had actually seen what was happening um but he couldn't he felt like it wasn't his place to really jump in and by the time that he really like got over there they were already leaving to go to the hospital Uh, And he shares that he got kicked out when he was 18 and he actually signed up for the Marines in May, but that's still six months later, six months down the road. And it's starting to get winter, so it's getting really cold. And the homeless shelter is too far for him to walk and then go to school. It's getting really cold, so she starts to let him sleep on the floor. And then in the mornings, he would just go out his window and then meet her at the bus stop. Uh, They start to have feelings for each other, like cute teenage love. And then a couple months down the road, actually, I don't know the timeline, actually, maybe a month, a month and a half, he actually gets word that his uncle wants to take him in. And so it's a really sad goodbye. um, But he leaves to go live with his uncle in Boston. And so he gives her a magnet of Boston. And on the back, it says everything is better in Boston. So back to present. The relationship with Ryle progresses, and they make toast. Um, He wants to meet her mom. Like, it's just going really well. They really have feelings for each other, and they want to take her mom to this nice new restaurant. So they go, and it's just her and her mom right then, and she sees the waiter come up, and it is Atlas. Lily's, like, shocked, like, uh, what? uh, what?" (laughs) And that's when Ryle comes in and sits next to her. And so Atlas is like, uh, and he walks away. So Lily goes to the bathroom just to kind of like catch her breath. And she sees Atlas and they're like, they kind of say each other's name. Like, is this real? Like, is this really you? And um, she kind of asks him about himself, like what happened? And he was eight, he was in the military for eight years, um, Once he got done with, like, boot camp and everything, he went back to Maine to look for her, um, but couldn't find her anywhere, and so he he went back to the military, and then he went to, like, cooking school and, and everything like that. The next weekend, Lily learns a little bit more about Ryle. He had an older brother. The older brother passed when they were kids. Uh, and they were having dinner at her place. And Ryle was talking to her about this really important surgery he had in the next couple of days about like conjoined twins and was really excited and nervous about it. And the timer went off. And so he went to go get the pan, but I guess didn't realize or didn't think about it. And he reached for the, the pan without pot holders. And so it burns his hand and she actually laughs, um, which I thought was an interesting reaction um, just because she she's laughing that he didn't think to use a holder. And so she says she was laughing. And then the next thing she knew she wasn't laughing and she was on the floor and she had hit her face on one of the cabinet door handles. 
and he's mean for a second. He's he says like, why are you laughing? Like this is not laughing. Like I have the surgery. Gosh dang! And then he immediately sees what he did. That she's on the floor. And he's immediately sorry. He's very panicked. And she can hear dad's voice uh, saying sorry to her mom. So if you're, if, if you're not catching what I'm saying is that he pushed her. Um, he was really mad and he pushed her and she fell and, and hit her face like I basically on the cabinet. And so she's angry. He feels terrible saying sorry. And, and yeah. And she tells him if anything happens like that again. I'll know that this time wasn't an accident and I'll leave you without a second thought. And I was like, damn girl, yeah. So a couple months go by. Alyssa and her husband want to go to the new restaurant um, that that Ryle and Lily went to. But Lily is like, no, I don't want to go because she knows that Atlas is there. But they convince her like, no, you should, we should go, we should go. So she actually does see Atlas again. Because they were, they were complimenting the chef and the waiter was like, hey, I'll go get the chef. And the chef comes out and it's actually Atlas. And he's like, yeah, I'm the chef, the owner, sometimes waiter, sometimes dishwasher, just whatever we need. And he sees her black eye. And you can tell that he's like visibly angry. And so she goes to the bathroom and he actually follows her in there. And he's like, do you want to tell me what happened? Like what what's going on? And she didn't like that. And so she left the bathroom and and Ryle was actually outside the bathroom. So he could see that Atlas was in there with her and he's angry and Atlas is angry. And he comes at Ryle and starts like, he like punches him and says like, if you ever lay a hand on her again and just is really mad. And Ryle is like, wait, this is Atlas? Because she, she had said like, Atlas don't. And Ryle was like, wait, I know Atlas' name, like, from when they very first met on the roof, and she had told him about her first love, who was homeless, and he remembered the name, and so he started, like, making a joke how, like, their love wasn't real, blah, 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 it was kind of a crude joke. Atlas is like, get out of my restaurant. Like, I don't care who you are. Get out of my restaurant. So later that night, her and Ryle actually get into a huge argument. Actually, um, I lied. Remember how I said, like, it was a couple months down the road and they go to the restaurant? It couldn't have been because she still had her black eye. So I think it was like the day after or the week after, something like that. So I'm not getting my timelines right. So anyways, that's back up for that. But uh, so, yeah, her and Ryle got into a huge argument that night, and she was like, no, Atlas just assumed, like, we had both grew up in abusive households, like, he he just assumed, and because Ryle was like, did you tell him about our argument, did you tell him what happened, like, how dare you, just getting really mad, and um, it jumps to her diary, and it has been six months since she saw Atlas, and it's her 16th birthday, and he actually comes to her window, and it's a really cute scene, very cute, and then um, he accidentally falls asleep, and her dad catches them, and he, like, beats up Atlas, and they have to take him to the hospital, and then she never sees him after that. So, jump to the present. Her and Ryle are doing okay. They're they're in love. Their relationship is, is getting stronger. She's always kind of keeping tabs on, like, his anger, and he wants to take her to Vegas and get married. So that's what they do. They wake up their parents, and they all fly to Vegas to get married. 
I want to say it was like a couple days after they got back from Vegas. Um, he was in the bedroom. She was in the living room and she hears kind of like this loud bang. So she goes in and she sees that Ryle actually dropped her phone and the case came off and there was a phone number. So he had called it and it was actually Atlas. So after they had gone to that restaurant and Atlas was like mad, he saw the black guy, he had actually come to her flower shop the next day to kind of apologize. And he had put his number in the back of her phone, but she had forgotten about it. So Ryle did find it. Obviously, Ryle is angry. And he tries to leave. And this this is at their apartment. So he tries to leave. He's like, I need to cool down. And she's like, it's not what it seems. It's not what it seems. So they're outside in the hall. And so Lily, of course, like goes after him and is like, please, like, just talk to me. And she actually wakes up at the bottom of the stairs. Um, he had pushed her. He, of course, is very panicked, very sorry. She's like, get out, get out. Like, I don't want to see you. So he actually sleeps, like, outside the door. Um, and she goes to work that next day. And her Alyssa is there. And, and Lily confides in her, tells her everything. And later, Alyssa is with Ryle. And Lily kind of overhears, like, you have to tell her about your brother. You have to tell her about our brother uh, and what happened. And so he does. He Later that night, he's like, hey, I, I need to share this with you. Remember, like, on the roof, he was having a hard time because he watched that patient die. And the patient had, like, shot his brother. And he's like, remember I told you I knew exactly how that felt? It's because I do. Um, when he was six he actually accidentally shot his brother. And now when he gets angry, like he blacks out. And he always did when he was young, he would just black out. Um, and he's like, it's not an excuse, but my reality. And he's gone to therapy since he was six. So he, even though he's going to therapy, it sounds like, it's, it's, he still has these blackouts and these anger issues and rage and stuff. So they are not doing well I don't think like they separate for a little bit and then a month later um, they were talking about how he got this offer to the Mayo Clinic in Michigan I want to say and then he got this like three-month kind of internship in England and she's like what like we are going to stay in Boston he's like no I never intended to stay in Boston like that was never part of the plan and she it even says in the book like I feel like that's something you should talk about before you get married. Like a lot of these things, and I don't know what their timeline was between like them being together and then getting married because you're still finding things out about yourself. I mean, even 10 years down the road, I'm still finding things out about JR. Um, but yeah, I feel like that was a major one that you should ask about. Like if you want to stay in the same town, uh, but, but yeah, so they kind of like argue about that. And, uh, one evening she gets home and Ryle is mad. He's really, really mad. And she's like, what, what happened? What's going on? And there's the magazine and it's the best in Chicago magazine. And so they do rankings of like the different type of industries and he opens the page and there's like a, a picture of Atlas and he's like, I want you to read this. And Atlas was like the top restaurant in Chicago for his restaurant called Bibbs, which was the new restaurant that they had gone to. 
And it says that Bibbs stands for Better in Boston. And his article said it was an homage to someone who had a huge impact on his life, someone who meant a lot to him. She still does. Ryle is mad. He's angry. And she's like, I didn't know. Like, I I tried to tell you, like, yes, it is him. Like, I didn't know that he still felt this way. Like, and so she's trying to calm him down. And she walks into the bedroom and she sees her journals scattered everywhere. So he went through her journals and he knows everything. And so he's even more mad now. And so she's trying to actually walk out because he's just so angry. And he actually headbutts her. He pushes her on the bed and attempts things. He finally just breaks down and sobs like he's so sorry. She's like bleeding like from her head where he like headbutted her. Um, and then he falls asleep. And so she actually is able to slip away and she sneaks out. Uh, she actually calls Atlas for his help. He comes and picks her up. He takes her to the hospital, not the one that Ryle works at because they know her and um, the doctors and stuff. So he takes her to a different hospital and that's where she actually finds out she's pregnant. So during this time, um, she she actually stays with Atlas for a couple days in like his spare room. And there's a lot of heavy thoughts that she's going through. I mean, she's in a, an abusive relationship. She just found out she's pregnant. And she honestly doesn't know what to do. Like she hasn't really told, she hasn't told anyone that she's pregnant, obviously. Um, and just kind of stuck. Once she has stayed with Atlas for a couple of days, she's like, I have to go to work. Um, she goes to the flower shop. Within 15 minutes, Ryle comes in and says like, hey, I'm leaving to England. You can have the apartment. I won't be there. I'll be gone for three months. I'm so sorry. Like, we, we just got to figure this out. So he is actually leaving. Um, and Atlas comes and picks her up from work and has her stuff and is he drops her off at home. He goes in the apartment just to check everything's okay. And he like hugs her. And then he says in the future, if by some miracle you ever find yourself in the position to fall in love again, fall in love with me, which, oh my gosh, that's so cute. Like they just, they were in love when they were teenagers and then they've been apart for so long. And I just, I just love it. So six weeks later, Lily had to tell someone about the baby. So she told Alyssa and her husband. After like the three months, Ryle actually shows up. He actually comes into the apartment. Like he knocks on the door and he comes in with Alyssa's, hu with Alyssa's husband. Because he's like, hey, I want someone to be here just in case like I get angry or something happens. Like I don't want to put you in danger. So they they have this conversation with Alyssa's husband in the room and and it's kind of an argument about everything that's going on because when he when she opened the door, you could obviously tell that she was pregnant. And so he's he's like going through this turmoil, like, oh my gosh, you didn't tell me, but also I didn't really deserve to know, and just a lot of turmoil. And he tells her, like, hey, in the next couple months, like, I will be taking a job in Minnesota. Uh, I don't actually know if he ends up taking that job in Minnesota, but he just tells her that he is. And so he says, like, hey, before I leave, um, it will be on your terms, but I want to help you get ready for the baby. 
Um, and so they are actually able to like work together to get the baby's room ready. Um, and just like little moments that you're like, okay, this is okay. Like, not that the situation is okay, but they're, they're just coming to terms with what has happened and they're kind of just a fresh friendship. They kind of create this friendship. Um, and then he, and then eventually, like, she goes into labor. She's in the hospital. She actually has the baby. And this is the part, I'm going to go straight to the book, um, because this is a part that I actually sobbed at, uh, and I'm going to read it for you. She's going through kind of these, these inner thoughts. I know I have to do what's best for her. Like, their daughter, her name's Emerson, named after Ryle's older brother, and uh, she says, for the relationship I hope he, she builds with her father, I don't make the decision for me and I don't make it for Ryle. And so she says, Ryle, and he, he looks up at her like smiling. And she says, I want a divorce. And he's kind of like shocked, like we just went through the last couple months like as friends and I thought things were going okay. And she says, Ryle, what would you do if one of these days this little girl looked up at you and she said, Daddy, my boyfriend hit me. What would you say to her, Ryle? What if she came to you and said, Daddy, my husband pushed me down the stairs. He said it was an accident. What should I do? And if she came to you and said, my husband tried to rape me, Daddy. He held me down while I begged him to stop, but he swears he never will do it again. What should I do? And she asked him, like, what would you say to her, Ryle? Like, tell me, I need to know what you would say to our daughter if the man she loves with all her heart ever hurts her. And he's, like, sobbing. I mean, me personally, I was sobbing. Even, like, as she was asking, like, what would you do? Like, that's when I started sobbing. And he says, I would beg her to leave him. And he said, I would tell her that she is worth so much more and I would beg her not to go back. No matter how much he loves her, she's worth so much more. Then it says, like, we hold our daughter and as hard as this choice is, we break the pattern before the pattern breaks us. Cycles exist because they are excruciating to break. It takes an astronomical amount of pain and courage to disrupt a familiar pattern. Sometimes it seems easier to just keep running in the same familiar circles rather than facing the fear of jumping and possibly not landing on your feet. And then the last line says, it stops here with me and you. It ends with us. Oh my gosh, heavy. Um, there is an epilogue. It's about, mm, so it's been 11 months since Emerson has been born. So six months, it's been over a year uh, since she saw Atlas. And she had moved out of the apartment that her and Ryle had bought. She got her own place. Ryle moved back into the apartment that they bought. So he was in the old apartment. She was in a new one. Like one of these days, she's actually helping Ryle like put Emerson in the car when Atlas is like, oh, hey. He's like, hey, like it's nice to see you. And he keeps walking. And so she like hurries and put Emerson in and then is like, okay, bye, Ryle, says bye to him. And then runs after Atlas and was like, hey, actually, um, it's his day to have her. And there's actually a lot of relief in Atlas's eyes. And so they start kind of having like a little conversation. Um, they're kind of like awkward around each other. And he, he actually like hugs her just out of nowhere and he's like, Lily, I feel like my life is good enough for you now. So whenever you're ready. 
And she asked him, like, do you donate to charity? Do you want to have kids someday? Do you ever want to leave Boston? Like, these questions that kind of came out of the blue with Ryle that didn't, like, align with her answers. So she asks him that, like, pretty quickly. And then she looks at him and says, okay, I'm ready. So, yeah, that was super cute. Um, It's a pretty, I mean, once again, it's a pretty heavy book. Uh, I kind of just skimmed over a lot of the details, but I let you know the most important details. Yeah, I want to know your thoughts. want to know your feelings. It is heavy. I, out of all of the books, I recommend this one. I really do. It is a very solid story. The character building is very good. Um, and it just sucks you into the story. Like, you, you feel for each of the characters and... Again, I mean, I've never been in this sort of situation, but if you need help, um, there are hotlines, and I put it in the description box below um, in the podcast episode, and I'm here for anyone that wants to talk. Just know that you're not alone and that you have a community. If you need help, we are here. So I'm excited to read the second book and kind of see where her and Atlas end up and how they start their relationship, and like the trials that she goes through, and um, just the strong individual that she turns out to be. Anyways, I am grateful for everyone. Um, Please go and like and subscribe and follow this podcast on whatever platform that you listen to. Definitely follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is find me in a book podcast. There's a period between each word. And, uh, yeah, we, we all read uh, the Colleen Hoover books this month and we'll just keep going. So I'm grateful for you guys and I will talk to you later.